You got it. England and Ethan Rock's answer to your aggravation. The Joy Network. The views and opinions expressed today on Black Focus Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions, using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. All right, what's happening? Welcome to the Tuesday edition of Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. <clears throat> Excuse me. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with us, of course. You can check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, uh, make sure if you miss any part of the show, download the Joynet Radio, I should say the Black Focus podcast. No doubt. And if you're tooling around in your car, if you haven't already downloaded the Joynet Radio app, you need to go out to joynetradio.com and get that taken care of. That way you can carry us everywhere you go. Uh, let me welcome into the show my co-host, Robert Webb. Hey, Robert, how you doing? What's up, Black? I'm doing pretty good. I'm hanging in there. A lot of, th- lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, I will tell you that I got a couple of things I need to get off my chest Uh-oh. today. And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you right now what they are, and then we're gonna do black facts, and then we're gonna come back, and we gonna, we gonna do what it do. Uh-oh. Uh oh, I just Uh-oh. did. A, that was like a little, that was like a little ghetto thing yeah, right there. It was. You gonna do what you do? Okay. Uh, first and foremost, um, I watched a Roland Martin piece yesterday relating to Snoop Dogg, Kale, and Okra. And uh, okra, yeah, <laughs> kale and okra, you know, kale and okra, okay. and uh, I and I'll get into it here in a moment, but in listening to that piece, <clears throat> I think a lot of people are missing why so many black men are upset, and I'm gonna explain here in a moment. So I'll just read the tease. Two things I must get off my chest today: Roland Martin. Kale and okra. This is the last time I'm, I'm going to address uh, this issue, but after watching Martin and his tacit defense of kale and okra uh, and their black man subterfuge, uh, you missed the point on why the anger is so visceral. Uh, the other one is yesterday, Mayor Frank Scott endorsed Michael Bloomberg, and many blacks seem to be riding the train. Today, we expose the bigot billionaire, uh, who has a white savior complex. So those are the two main things we're going to talk about today. Now, I don't care if you get mad, whomever you are, but I'm going to say these things today. This is David Coleman saying, I'm not Robert Webb, although I'm pretty <laughs> sure Robert is going to agree with a lot of what I'm about to say, what I'm going to say. It's about but, to get hot. You know, Black people, y'all ought to be tired 
of just falling for any old okie doke. All right? Oak and doke. All right? So I'm trying to decide. Do I want to do Dr. Joy DeGry for the black fact? Or do I want, that's about 10 minutes. Or do I want to do a uh, black fact on the Middle Passage? Do a black fact on the Middle Passage. On the Middle Passage? Middle Passage. Okay, so let's let's do the middle passage. All right. So let's go ahead and get it started. Dynamic black facts. Our culture, our history, our people. And by the way, I also posted online a actual diary of a former slave. I think that we talked about him once before, and he was actually a a, a prince who was fully educated, and he wrote a diary in Arabic. You ought to check it out. It's pretty fascinating. The Middle Passage, never again. Being on board a slave ship was a dastardly experience. There you were forcibly stripped bare naked, and with you were your father and mother. Your friends and family all berated together on the same vessel of madness. Humiliation became a great component of the active psychology of enslavement. For example, the Mandingo, which were the big, strong black male warriors, were being felt up. White men, whites, white men were filling their private parts by the oppressors who, for some odd reason, was fascinated by the black warrior's male organ. It was also recognized among the white slave masters that these black men had severed the foreskin, uh, which was a strange and new phenomenon to them. Meanwhile, black women were being raped by them, by the white slave captors, captors as an experiment to experience something contrastive and it was an immediate way to denigrate the entire race. The various atrocities that were manually conducted against blacks, the black slave was by far more than just to humiliate them or to demolish their mental strength that the slave may have mentally sheltered. It was a way of having the slaves come to the internal understanding that there was absolutely nothing that they could do to stay the hand of or stop the desires of their new white slave masters that their black lives were totally in the hands of their oppressors once on board the ships the blacks would be packed below deck captains of slave ships were known as either loose packers or or tight packers depending upon how many slaves were crammed into a space they had most ships, especially those of the latter 18th century, were tide packers, carrying a huge quantity of slaves who were often forced to lie in spaces smaller than that of a grave, or in some cases stacked spoons, spoon fashion on top of one another. Regardless, life for a slave in between the decks, as they were called, was extremely uncomfortable. In addition to extreme overcrowding, there were inadequate ventilation, not to mention little or no sanitation. Although some captains 
would have their crew periodically clean between the decks with hot vinegar. Most addition, most chose rather to leave them alone, resulting in their atrocity, atrociously unclean conditions. In addition to disease and suffocation below deck, it would not be uncommon to find the body of a slave completely covered in lice. Eventually, after the arduous 3,700-mile voyage, the slave ship would reach North America. In order to strengthen them before sail, the slaves were normally fed better in the days directly before their arrival in the New World. However, their suffering was far from over. Before they could be sold, the slaves would be oiled and to make their skin shiny, and any imperfections, such as scars from whippings, would be filled with hot tar in order to improve their appearance and get the best market price. Most slave ships would not be allowed to dock in the ports which they came to due to their horrid stench and the fear of the spread of disease which had been spread throughout the ship. Therefore, the slavers would dock, would drop anchor a few miles offshore and carry the slaves to land in smaller boats which had been stored aboard the ship. The slaves would then be sold at auction and would live through the rest of their lives in wicked and voluntary servitude. Clearly, life on board the slave ships were hellish for black captives. Tools, for, tools of the slave trade, for example, were things like metal lace whips used to cut into the flesh of his victims, shackles shackling people together whilst the iron shackles bore into the flesh of the slave as they were transported. The captains needed to keep the slaves in acceptable condition, physical condition, if they were to be sold at high price. So each morning after breakfast, the slaves were danced on deck in order to give them exercise. Still shackled together, the men were forced to jump up and down until they, the flesh of their ankles were raw and bleeding from the iron chains which bound them together. The women and children who were free of the bonds were better able to dance to the rhythm and that pounded out on an African drum or iron kettle, sometimes with the accompaniment of a fiddle or African banjo played by a crew member. The slaves otherwise kept miserably, were kept miserably in between the decks. Enjoyed the dancing as it was their only form of physical recreation during the entire day. Each day the sun, at sunset, the slaves would be placed back below deck to rest in the misery and filth that was between the decks. During the morning exercises, members of the crew ro roved about the deck carrying whips and would beat those slaves who refused to dance. Although most whips were made of a simple rope, the wicked cat of nine tails was also used to board many slavers, consisting of nine cords, coated with tar, each with a knot at the end, the cat of nine tails could slash the skin of a slave's back to ribbons and just a few lashes. Torture was generally utilized to control and to instill long-term fear. The speculum orus was another historic tool that would, that would most certainly be on display at the imaginary slave memorial, it was used to force slaves to devour solid foods to keep them from going on hunger strikes. 
It was a tool that slave masters, which forced slaves to ingest food against their will. Examples were made of anyone who would rebel, chopping people up joint by joint, strangulation to the point eyes popping out of their heads, whips cutting into the wind and the skin of the slaves, thumbnail scrolls, and so on and so forth. And lastly, those slave ships that were found to have more cargo than needed oftentimes would dump slaves overboard attached to rocks. It is known and said that Sharks would follow slave ships from the west coast of Africa to the east coast of America because they knew at some point they would receive a free meal. That's the middle passage. And that's our black fact for today. Keep listening to Black Focus Radio for more dynamic black facts, our culture, our history, our people on joinetradio.com. But we don't owe y'all no reparations. We don't owe y'all nothing. Okay. Yeah, right. 855-525-5683 is the number. If you'd like to sponsor Dynamic Black Facts, give me a call. Now, got a couple of things to talk about, but I want to go ahead and get this first thing out of the way. Okay? And, Robert, certainly you can weigh in on this. And we touched on this a little bit yesterday. But last night I watched a piece that was uh, done by uh, uh, Martin, uh, Roland Martin. And I agree with some things that Roland Martin says, and I agree with a lot of things he doesn't say. Roland Martin, to me, is nothing more than a black elite. And I think quite often he uses his platform in order to shame some and ignore others. He does that quite often, but he thinks he's above everyone else because at one point he worked at CNN. By the way, Roland Martin, you're not the only black journalist in America. So I watched that piece last night, and it was about Snoop Dogg and what he did or what he said to Kale about the Kobe Bryant um, interview. Now, let's be clear. Snoop Dogg was not the only person upset about that interview. By the way, there were quite a few sisters, or I should say sisters, who were upset about that Kobe Bryant interview. Because number one, the man hadn't even been buried. He just died. And you are attacking his character. Yeah, what was accused by Kobe Bryant was accused it happened but to attack him as opposed to looking at the last 13 years of his life was completely out of line and for gail to throw her network under the bus was completely out of line because i've been in the media for 35 years when i do a piece i have someone to edit it and before it airs, I review it. Now, unless those standards are different now, when did it change? I know now they've got, and Gail, by the way, is not a real journalist. 
Gail got that job because of Oprah. Let's be real. Okay? But most journalists, they write their story, it's edited, and then that journalist will go back and review the edit. And if they don't like the edit, then they approach the editor. Now, the editor's job is to say it's, it stays or it goes. Where was Gail when this piece was being edited? But that's not my complaint. Because I don't care how you look at it, Gail was out of line as a journalist. And those of you who want to come back and argue that she was she wasn't, she was doing her job, she was doing the white media's job. Because if Gail was really doing her job, then why aren't she isn't she going after white predators? If Gail is doing her job, Roland Martin. And by the way, what you all don't get about this, and the reason black men are so angry is that fact. No one is trying to defend R. Kelly, Roland Martin. No one is trying to defend Bill Cosby. No one is trying to defend any of these black men that have been accused of sexual predation. But when you don't talk about the white ones, you are defending them. Exactly, and that's where I'm going. And I thought that that's where you were going to go in your piece yesterday, Roland Martin. I thought that you were going to say, because you claim to be a black man, that here's why black men are so angry. Here's why I'm so angry about it. Is that Oprah and Gail have friends with a, are friends with a spiritual advisor who was just convicted of 19 years for, for 19 years for preying on young girls and boys. This is your spiritual advisor, Oprah. You haven't done a documentary on him. Gail, you did a show on CBS with another predator. With another predator. When you were asked about that predator, that predator, you said, Gail, there is more to, there are two sides to every story. In other words, you were defending old Charlie, Mr. Charlie. That's probably what you called him, Mr. Charlie. You defended him. You said there are two sides to every story. Okay? So now you have Harvey Weinstein. You have, and there are multiple pictures on the internet with you and Okra hugging Weinstein. Multiple pictures. Yet, you have not did a documentary on him. Matt Lauer. Man, the list goes on and on. If you want to use your argument that you were pursuing journalistic integrity, would your integrity be that a predator, whether it's male, female, black, or white, is subject to your examinations? That would be the logical thing. 
But the fact of the matter is that you all aren't being logical because so many people want to defend Oprah and Gail and not paying attention to what Oprah and Gail are doing to black male relationships with black women. I'm sorry. All black men are not predators, Gail and Oprah and Roland. Sorry. All black men do not fight women and are domestic abusers, Oprah, Gail, and Roland. There are millions of black men across this country that stand for their sisters, their aunts, their mothers, strangers on the street. And for you to put that piece out yesterday to suggest that black men have a problem of ignoring sexual misconduct in the black community is a bunch of crap. Couple of other points. Black females are not the only one that are being sexually abused in black communities. Young black males are as well. Sexual abuse crosses all socioeconomic backgrounds. And by the way, some of those predators are women. Hello. But here's the point that you all are missing. Is that after all of that, the anger, that visceral anger that Gail experienced, that Snoop Dogg echoed by many of us, is that you're not doing it to the white boys. If you were doing it to the white boys like you're doing it to the black boys, we wouldn't have a problem. I have a problem with you because you are ignoring the Harvey Weinsteins. You are ignoring the Matt Lowers. You are ignoring your spiritual advisor and your co-worker and the many others who have been doing this for decades. And you are ignoring those people because they sign your damn checks. So don't come here with your holier-than-thou attitudes about, oh, he called me a bad name. It ain't the name we call you, it's the name that you represent. And what you've been representing, Kale and Okra, are sellouts. And I rest my case. Robert? <laughs> Ooh, I feel so much better now. Nice segue, brother. Hey, man, you know, honestly, you know, I, I really hate seeing black-on-black -black crime. And that's black-on-black -black crime at the highest level. It is what it is. Now, honestly, I saw the interview. I saw the whole interview. I did, too. And, you know, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around the why. The why was it important to do it, right? That was hard for me to wrap my mind around that. Well, that's white media. Well, what do, think about it. No. When when a victim is hurt, when a black person is injured or hurt or whatever, what does the white media do? The first thing they do is dredge up the negativity. Same thing police do. Oh, yeah. well, you know, 20 years ago, we caught him smoking a joint. Right. Well, so he deserved to die. Well, what was the issue for me was 
is that I just I just had the question in my mind what what was the impetus behind bringing up the um, the sexual assault thing? I mean, am I am I trying to say they shouldn't have? No, I'm saying. I mean, I think sometimes people don't take into account people's kids and family members, True. you know, during the time of grief, you know. And everybody's talking about TMZ. There's a difference. I feel there's a difference between what TMZ did and what Gail did. I feel there's a difference, right? Because if somebody came on our show and I knew something about them personally, I wouldn't dare ask them that on the show. Mm-hmm. Because that's not what we're about. We ain't about your personal life. Mm-hmm. That's your thing. Mm-hmm. We're about your political life, mm-hmm. right? And how your political life impacts us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you often hear people say people's political life and people's private life impacts their political life. Yeah, get out of here with that. Now, if you got some guy who's, you know, it's not like if you got some guy who's gambling away all his money, then, yeah, that might have an impact. But we're not talking about a. We're not. That's not what this is. This is about a basketball player, right? He's a basketball player. To some, he's a role model. Those guys have never been role models to me. No, they've never been role models. No. right? Um, movie stars, whoever, they've never been role models. They've been entertainment. Mm-hmm. That's why I tell people when they die, I don't lose any sleep. I don't feel sad for them mm-hmm. because I don't know them. Right? I mean, it's different. And they me. don't know you. And they don't know me. It's different if you passed away, Dave. I'd be a little emotional because. I see you every mm-hmm. damn day, right? Mm-hmm. That's different than losing a Kobe Bryant. Huh? Mm-hmm. And Kobe's dead. Okay, mm-hmm. so what's next? Who plays tonight? Right? Mm-hmm. Then stops. So, for me, I thought it was unnecessary. I thought it was. I thought the whole thing was unnecessary. But that was pretty much it for me. I, I don't. I don't have the same vitriol that everybody else does about mm-hmm. it. And the reason why is, <laughs> I don't really give a. Sh- I don't really care. Well, and you know that's an interesting point, but. See, I still think that people who are upset at Snoop Dogg and all the others are missing the point. But you can't be upset at Snoop Dogg. I even saw a thing from um, a man, Big Worm. I, I saw, saw that, too. I even saw him do I one. I saw that, too. And what bothered me about his is that I've never seen him go in uh-huh. on anybody ever. Right. Right? I saw that. And to see him go in kind of made me go, dang, you know, maybe this is, you know. And that's why I'm saying people are not understanding. See, it's almost like black men can't get angry. Well, no. Okay. It's, it's like, or or it's we, like we shouldn't. Oh, right. Or we. There are certain things black men ought to get angry at. And this is not one. And, of them. and this is not one of them. Yeah. And you can't get angry at a black woman. Right. Okay. Right. Which is bull. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because black women get angry at black men all the time. All the time. And everybody, go girl, high five. You tell them. But when black women cross the line and black men get angry, then all of a sudden y'all want to say, oh well, you're not supposed to do that. Gail crossed the line, but even more so than that, here's it's not that what she said in that interview, because it offended me that you kept pressing. You knew Kobe and Lisa Leslie were best friends. You know what? It's almost like you're pressing the best friend to disown her best friend. You know, I got a lot of dear friends. I've got some best friends. And a couple of those best friends have done some dog stuff. But you know what? They still my best friends, long as they ain't murdered nobody. And for you to do that, that's what offended people. But even more than that, it was the fact, as what I said earlier, okay, Kobe's fair game. R. Kelly's fair game. Bill Cosby's fair game. Michael Jackson's fair game. But you know but, what? If, if, I, if anything, I would have I had – a little bit more respect for them if they did if they did a story 
and it talked about the level of punishment for Bill Cosby, even R. Kelly, versus uh, Harvey Weinstein, Matt Lauer, and all these other guys. I would have, I would have had uh, a bit more um, sympathy for them doing all this if they, if that was something that they did and they had some kind of backlash from it. But they didn't do that. That's not. And what they that's did. the point. That's not what they did. Is that you have made. And it seems to me your object to point out that oh look at the black men. Yeah, but okay, so let's 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 look at this rationally. All right, let's do it. All right. So if you attack the black man, I mean you attack the white man, essentially you're attacking you're attacking all the CEOs, all the uh, the part all the. Uh, Whoa! You just said leaders. something there. You're attacking them. You're not attacking Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. You're attacking all those other mm-hmm. white men, right? So what you do is you don't attack them mm-hmm. because those are the ones that pay your checks. So what you do is or write your checks. So what you do is you attack the one who who is the who is the least powerful mm-hmm. in your opinion and the one who has um the least amount of control over mm-hmm. you because you don't you don't attack people who have control over you. Right. You attack people who have no control over you. You think you have control over them. So yeah, it, it it's crazy that um they they did that and and I don't know you know so let me tell you something I, I'm really I'm really leery of coming out saying things about people um, I'm really leery of coming out saying things about people when they when they um, when they say crazy stuff you know like if somebody says something crazy and they'd be like hey Rob why don't you get my back dog I'm really leery of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. because hey man I can't I can't come out and say I know you. I know you're a good dude. I know you didn't mean to say it, but me saying that, who gives us? Who gives us? Who gives a what? Mm. Right. So I'm really leery of that, and I think Oprah should have taken a step back instead of coming out and trying to be in support of her friend. She well, just taking a step. Well, back. well, what she's doing, she's 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 projecting because she's taking that same heat because it was Oprah who did the Michael Jackson documentary and then had to have it pulled because the information in the documentary was wrong. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? You didn't do your due diligence as the so-called journalist that you say. But again, even more so than that. How many times did Michael go on Oprah? Uh, a couple of times, I believe. I don't know. But the point I'm trying to make is this, is that you're not doing it to the white boys. And that's why black men and a lot of black sisters are upset. And that's what Roland Martin didn't get in that little piece that he did yesterday. Well, see, the reason we are upset is because, and I don't, oh, I know the white boy signs your check, but when Charlie Rose, her co-worker on CBS this morning, when he got accused, Gail comes out and says, well, there's two sides to every story. That's her co-worker, Charlie Rose. It makes you wonder, were y'all playing hide to salami? It makes you wonder, in some of the pictures that I've seen with Gail with Harvey Weinstein, why you dress like that with him? It makes you wonder. But even if you were, when you discovered that this man was a predator, and here's the thing, Robert, is that if that's going on in Hollywood with Weinstein, everybody knows it. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that if you look, and look, here's the thing. In some cases, some women are sent to those type of men and they are told that, hey, girl, don't, don't, he he kind of handsy. 
Don't get offended. Do what he wants. He'll get you this role. I'm not saying all, mm-hmm. but that happens in Hollywood. We know that. All right? So Gail and Oprah had to know that Weinstein was doing what he was doing. Turn a blind eye. You don't. You don't. But you turn a blind eye to him, and you're kissing all over him on pictures all across the web. But you want to attack Bill Cosby? Yeah, because again, Bill Cosby has no control. And I'm not defending Cosby. I know. know. I'm not defending R. Kelly. You know, I've been on this show and I've ripped R. (laughs) Kelly. But the point I'm trying to make here is that hey, here's what black men want. And Carla, hang on a minute. We'll be with you in just a moment. Here's what black men want. And this is what every black man that I've had this conversation about with. All we want is to be treated fair. I don't want a handout. I don't want a hand up. I just want to know that regardless of the situation, that I as a black man is going to be treated fair. And what black men are seeing, what oh, and to see black women going after black men and ignoring white men who have done worse. Yeah. That's not treating us fair. And that's where the anger comes from. And I'm done with it. And I don't care if you're mad. And yes, I will be tagging Roland Martin on this video. Because this is pathetic. He's pathetic. And uh, I listened to Dr. I, um, gosh, uh, what's... Um, Boyce Watkins. Boyce Watkins yesterday evening. And come to find out that there was a sister that Roland Martin called her a dumbass because she didn't agree with Roland Martin. But wait a minute, Roland. Ye- yesterday on your show, you were mad at Snoop Dogg and all those other people who were calling Kale and, and, and Okra, you know, the B word. And then you come back and call a sister a dumbass. You a double standard. And I would say something else, but I'm on this radio. Anyway, let's go to the phones. Caller, you're on there. What's your name and what do you want to talk about? Hey, it's me, Cliff. Hey, Cliff, what's up, man? Not much. Uh, I was just listening to you guys talking about the the, the Kobe situation with Gail King, and um, I listened to another analysis by Sean King last night, and he was talking about the whole thing as well, given his his perspective and his insight, because he knew some of these people, and he's reported on some of the some of the stuff out in that area, and his thing was that. He he was kind of in the middle of what you were saying. Um, he was saying, you know, hey, Gail was really wrong for this, and journalistically, you know, she she crossed the line, and she never should have. And in Gail's defense of trying to say that it was um, edited poorly without her knowledge was completely um, untrue. And it's not the point that people are mad at. He's like, nobody put words in her mouth in the clip that was shown. She she hey, 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 Cliff, let me stop you just for a moment because I, I, I need to make that point. It's because I've been in the television business and I've been in the radio business, okay? And that, that kid or that intern or that two-year person who's in the editing room, they don't want to edit your crap. I'm going to be honest with you. They don't want to edit your crap. And then number two, you don't spend – Three weeks on a on, on a documentary, and you're going to leave it to some junior in college to edit your piece? That's not how it works. You go and sit in the editing room, and while that person is going through the edit, he's asking you, well, what do you want to keep, and what do you want to get rid of? 
That is not an independent edit. So when Gail said that, I knew she was lying. I'm sorry, Cliff. Go ahead. No, you're fine. No, Sean King was saying the same thing. Um, and it's true. When I had my journalism classes, we did the same thing. We worked on projects together. Uh, we did video projects for, for news. Uh, it was three people. You had a cameraman, you had a person interviewing, you had a, a person who edited, and we rotated. And we all were around or in communication with each other with what we were going to take out, what we were going to leave in. You know, if we needed more B-roll, if we needed more sound, if we needed, if someone needed to go and redo their 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 speaking part for the for the interview or whatever. Uh, but yeah, he, and he was saying, you know, all these things that Gail King was saying were irrelevant. Uh, basically, when it came down to the clip that was played, because he's like, no one put words in her mouth, and it wasn't taken out of context. She actually asked those questions, and she tried to double down on with Lisa Leslie, and she's really wrong for that. She's at fault for that, and she sh- people should be mad at her for it. Uh, I think where he different from a lot of people was he was he disagreed with with Snoop's uh, approach to it, not saying that he was wrong necessarily, but like just some of the language that he used in his rant. Uh, he felt like was could have been could have been worded differently, uh, you know, and and things like that. Which, and he made some other points that it was that was very interesting about how Kobe's death was was um, abnormal in a way that it actually caused other uh, grown black men around across the city, uh, on TV and in the streets, uh, be able to show their emotions and cry out in public and stuff. Uh, you know, from LeBron James to fans to people who knew him around around the country. Uh, who played with him or teammates or whatever. Um, and so there was a lot of interesting things that, that I hadn't thought about when when we were watching because, you know, the dedication game for the Lakers, they, you know, they had a long speech about Kobe and his, his contributions to the team and as a person. And, you know, a lot of people were out there on the floor crying minutes before they had to go out and play the game. And I thought it was very, um, very interesting. All right, Cliff. Hey, man, good call as always. I, uh, I I agree with a lot of what you said, man, and uh, keep up the work. And by the way, tell Dr. Quinn we appreciated her uh, on last Friday and looking forward to her coming back. Oh, yeah, she's excited too. She's, you know, she was posting on Facebook and Instagram all about it. So she, uh, it, we got a good one. <laughs> all right, man. We'll look forward to it. Thanks a lot. All right, see you. All right, all right bye. peace. And, you know, I just, like I say, I just don't think people understand where this, this – this anger for black men is coming from. It just, you know, we're, he, he, here's, here's, and this is just me personally. I'm tired, Robert. What are you tired of, Dave? I'm tired of the bigotry. I'm tired of, tired of the racism. I'm tired of the double standard. All of this stuff that black men are supposed to be upholding, but no one else is upholding it either. But black men has got to do it, you know. And I tell people all the time that, you know what, um, uh, if I had to do it all over again, unlike Oprah, who, by the way, uh, tape came out the other day that Oprah once said she wished she was white. If I had to do it all over again, and I've, I've been asked this question, and I want those of you out there who are listening right now, I want you to honestly search your soul. If you had a choice to go back and come back black or white, what would you be? I'm going to tell you what I'd be. I'd be black and black and black and black and black. Black and the black and the black to black. Okay? I would not change one thing, but I'm tired of black people and white people pretending that 
black men have got to be more than what you are. I'm tired of that double standard. When you don't hold up the standard either, and black men are put put upon more than any ethnic race, and then when we fall down, there's something wrong with us. There's nothing wrong with us at all. You all just need to get the hell out of our way. I'm done. You all right, Dave? I'm, I'm tired, man. I'm 58 years old, man. I'm, you know, they say when you get older, you just don't put up with no more bull. Yeah. I'm at that point now. Man, you you hot. You pretty hot about I'm, this I'm, man. I'm at my I'm at that point now because you know it, it annoys me that black went. You know, I said a while back, all these programs for black girls. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Where are the programs for black boys? <sighs> See, I, man, it See, annoys me, I, Robert. I don't like the gender fight. I'm not, but like but the, but I, I don't I'm like not gender fight. Here's what I'm saying. Black folks. Here's and the what, reason I don't like that is because regardless of what our gender is. We all getting dogged in this thing. That's what I'm saying. We all getting dogged. That's what I'm saying. So when you put together a a a a a coding program for black girls, you ought to put together a coding program for black boys. Just like I did. And I'm not just talking out the side of my neck. As I've said over and over on this show, when I did Rice of Passage and the sisters came to me and said, Hey, I heard about your program. Your program is great. My program was just called Rites of Passage. It's called Rites of Passage and Queenship because when those sisters came to me and said, hey, our black girls are suffering just as bad as our black boys, I said, you know what, sisters? You're right. Let's add a, a female component. We as black people, I read, look, God, I read that middle passage, and did you not understand that those were black men, those were black women, those were black girls, those were black boys. All of them were suffering the same thing. And when we get to the point where we allow politicians to divide us, black men and black women, we are doomed. Yeah, we are. We are already doomed. We are already doomed. But, yeah, I, I get your point, Dave. I get your point, and I totally agree with you. Woosa, Woosa, big baby. Woosa, Woosa, big baby. Woosa. I love my black sisters, but I expect my black sisters to love me. I'm with you. I'm with you. Every step of the way. And no, I'm not gonna come and speak to your group, and it's only it's segregated. You're doing nothing more than what white people do. Oh well, we gotta say the black girls. And you don't give a damn. Who do, you, who do you think you want your black girl to grow up and marry? Let me be quiet. Anyway. Next hour, we're going to talk about this Michael Bloomberg thing as well. Got to do I'm, it. I'm going to touch Dave on his shoulder so he'll come down and breathe. Everybody's worried <laughs> about you. Tell him you're okay, Dave. Tell him you're okay. Tell him you are okay. I'm okay. Dave is I, okay. I told y'all I had to get this off my chest. Yeah. Because I'm annoyed by this. I'm annoyed. I get it. I, that, I, I get it. I respect that, that, that you. Look, let, a... me, and let me say one other thing. Those of you out there who are doing a broom challenge, I want you to have that challenge at the damn polls today. Okay? Oh. Let's, let, let's have a challenge at the polls that every black person that is in voting and that has a voting age, let's have a challenge and go to the polls. You have all these stupid challenges. Oh, let's see if I can stand my broom up. Give me a break. I'm okay. 
Jesus, I'm okay. Brother. I'm okay, man. I'm okay. I'm just Jesus, brother. I, I, I'm Sweet okay. Mother Mary, Margaret. Hey, y'all. By the way, <laughs> just know that soon we will uh, we will be sponsoring a fundraiser for Senate for Senator Joyce Elliott. Our goal is to raise her ten grand. That's our goal. I know it's a small amount for a congressional race because they need over they need over seven eight million dollars to run a competent campaign. But what we're gonna do is we are going to do our fair share. Our goal is to raise our ten grand. Yeah, that's our goal. That's our low end goal. Hopefully we can pull thirty, but we really want to shoot for ten. So hey, everybody get ready. We'll let you know the day and time. We asked if you can't if you can't give a five dollars, at least come out and bring somebody with you. We're not asking for. We're not asking you to give a hundred if you can't give a hundred. Just give what you can. We just want to let her know that we support her. In this endeavor, so and maybe you can give five dollars a paycheck. Maybe you can get five dollars. Yeah. Think maybe about it from that perspective. Twenty dollars every paycheck. You know, period. put 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 Joyce's support on layaway. Yeah. In other words, pay on it a little bit as you go. Every time you get paid, cut Joyce five dollars. Yeah. Cut her ten dollars or whatever you can afford. But we have got to start supporting our candidates if we believe in if we believe in our candidates and what people if you want black people part of the reason we're not getting black leaders because those who are in leadership positions or potential leaderships understand that look i stick my neck out there black folks ain't gonna support me let's be real about that so what i want you all to do is let's it's part of this campaign to vote against everything and anybody republican is let's vote for Joyce, and you just can't do it at the ballot box. You got to do it with your dollars. Got to do it with your purse and your wallet. Okay. okay. So we're going to break off. So, hey, y'all, y'all get ready. We're going to make this happen. We're going to make it pop like fish grease. We'll give, you, we'll give you a day and time very soon, and we'll go from there. All right. A couple of other things next hour. Like I said, we're going to talk, talk about uh, um, Bloomberg and this fascination of black people. Um, next hour. Uh, by the way, Alabama prison's too dangerous for a former cop convicted of murderer. Uh, convicted of murder. Did y'all get that? Yeah. An attorney for A.C. Smith has filed a motion requesting a reconsideration of his client's 14-year sentence, citing the uncon- unconstitutional conditions in Alabama's prisons, which he said would be a violation of the officer's rights. Dwight Richardson III, who filed a notice Sunday uh, that he'd be representing Smith during the appeals process, also requested an appeal bond for his client. Smith faced murder charges in the shooting death of Gregory Gunn, who Smith chased, tased, and beat in a West Montgomery neighborhood in the early hours of February 25th, 2016, before he was fatally shot. A Dale County jury in November ultimately found Smith, former officer, guilty of manslaughter, a lesser charge that carries a maximum 20-year penalty. Two months after the conviction came, the sentencing, retired Dale County Judge Philip McLaughlin, who presided over the trial, handed down a 14-year sentence. Richardson filed a motion to reconsider Smith's sentence on the basis of an April report from the U.S. Department of Justice. The re- you see, this is why I'm reading this. Listen to this. <laughs> but these folks are just, they just ripe, okay? okay? 
Richardson filed a motion to reconsider Smith's sentence on the basis of an April report from the U.S. Department of Justice that outlined unsafe conditions in Alabama prisons. But wait a minute. When that white cop is sentencing black men to Alabama prisons, y'all ain't concerned about unsafe conditions, are you? Woosa. <laughs> that's why I read that. I think that's really that's that's, that's truly an oxymoron wrapped in a conundrum. Whoa! That's, that, that's yeah. That's uh. Oh my gosh! I can't go to I can't go to jail, y'all. Y'all haven't kept them up. Y'all haven't Ooh. done the proper maintenance on the jails. Boy, I need to be in some prison luxury. Man, I just. When I read that last night, I said, man, I got to bring that up on the show. This prison is beneath me. I'm going to send the little blackies to jail. But, but I ain't going down But I'm now. a white man. I need y'all to add some, <laughs> some amenities to that joint. <laughs> Do y'all have tire service? <laughs> y'all have tire service? Do I get a masseuse? <laughs> I need a masseuse, I dang. need a full cook homemade meal every now and then. Dave, this reminds me of the white, of the white woman who jumped in the middle of Arkansas River and swam to shore. That's what this reminds me of, Dave. Oh, see, you want to bring that up? I'm just saying I'll never forget that, Dave. That was just hilarious. It, it did happen. Oh, Jesus okay. Christ. She jumped in the middle of Arkansas River and swam ashore. I don't know if she jumped in the middle of where, but she jumped off the bridge into the river, according to the reports. If that woman jumped off the bridge, she had to be black. You know why she had to be black, right? Why? Because if she was white, she'd have been on every billboard there is in America. They'd have been saying, she did it. <laughs> She did it. She's amazing. My God, she's amazing. She jumped in the middle of Arkansas River and swam to shore. Through alligators and everything Alligators and sharks. Shark-infested waters. She swam to shore. The amazing story of Helen of Arkansas Arkansas River. (laughs) You're just being bad. I'm just being, that's terrible. You're being bad. Uh, Forgive me, please. 855-525-5683 is the number. Uh, let's see. I want to uh, Ukraine's Trump's Ukraine goons against Marie Yovanovitch. So I read this piece and I won't get into this. Y'all get an opportunity. This on my wall as well. Uh, they call it a potential mob hit. Oh, Jesus. They think your president was about to take her out. Oh, Jesus. I'm just saying. Yeah, he was going to call MS6. Y'all you, go get her. Do you, do you doubt that he wouldn't do that at this point? No, nah, why, why would I? Why would I waste my time with y'all, man? If I'm if I'm the president, I ain't wasting my time with y'all. I know Democrats ain't gonna fight. Well, and that's the other other thing I want to bring up. Democrats like that dude in the room who talking all the trash. That's that reminds me. What's that? So that you get a chance to listen to. We got a few more minutes to go in the show. I mean, this hour that you get a chance to listen to the press conference yesterday with uh, no, Vivian didn't. Flowers. And did you? I listened to bits and pieces, and, and it was. Basically, what I the same that we've heard. I, I wasn't surprised. Nothing. New. Uh, nothing new that I. That what did came Ron out. say? Did Ron say anything that? Did Not really. It was basically the same stuff. I mean, I think some people think that he's trying to use it as a political issue. I, look, I'm gonna tell you like this. He didn't plan it. There are sometimes things fall in your lap. That fell in his lap. I mean, definitely fell in his lap. Yeah. If he you, hey, can you blame him? No, you can't. You know, if let's say, for instance, if Joy Springer was arrested, uh, pulled over and and treated badly, 
all y'all be raising hell about it. Y'all know she w- you would. So I ain't mad at Ryan Davis for using this. Now, he says that he isn't, but in a, in a way, you don't have a choice. You know what I'm saying? It looks it looks shady either way. It don't matter, right? He's damned if he does and damned, damned if, if he doesn't. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But my thing is, who? I mean, I don't. I honestly don't think that will impact the election. I went to vote today, and when I cast my vote, I was the 11th person. So. Wow. Well, I'm going after the show, so, so it don't really matter. You know, I mean, so. I just think um, I think it's going to be an interesting race. Well, I mean, it's separate. They were separated by 60 votes, and then they're going to turn around and have to run again uh, anyway yeah, in December. Again. No, <laughs> in March. I mean, in March. They're yeah. going to get it through in, in two weeks. In, in two weeks, so it, it really doesn't matter per se. You can't, even if you are the one elected, you can't say, you can't benefit from incumbency. Yeah, you can. How? Because you, you could actually put on your ballot state rep. Well, I, I guess. Whoever, whoever, yeah. Yeah, I guess from that. But but still, what 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 are you going to do in a session that's not even in session in three weeks? Well, it's more, about, it's more about now, more about just making the connections. I think that's what it's about right now, making mm. the connections, getting up to speed on what's going on, what's going to come down, what you're going to be facing mm-hmm. next year. Uh, what is next? Is, this year is the physical session, right? Is this right, year the, the physical, physical session. The physical I, session. I, right. So next year, yeah, they're in session. session, yeah. So you just getting just getting abreast of what's going on. So I think I think winning right now, I think it will it, it could possibly bode well for whoever wins. Yeah. When is the election? March third. March third, yeah. So they come and they go back again in two weeks. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. you're not gonna benefit from it, no. And and by the way, you're not gonna repent. You're not if if it's me, I'm not reprinting my ballot, my 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 uh, election paraphernalia in two weeks. In fact, because I don't have the budget. These guys don't have that type of budget. So you're going to reprint brochures? and More than likely, knowing knowing that you have been a Roth anyway, um, most candidates get more than they need. Exactly. So you got more than you need already. And more than likely, if you, if you understand this election, these elections are decided by people like me, mm. people like me and you who mm. vote in every election, mm. right? These, are, these elections are not decided by people who decide they want to exactly. vote today. So – the people who always go vote are going to decide who wins this election. So the thing about this is a lot of us don't need the literature because either you're going to vote for who you're going to vote for or you're not. Right, So right. It's, it's and and I'm not saying who I voted for. I just I, – who I'm going to vote for because I'm not going to endorse anybody. But Yeah, I know who you voted uh, for already. Uh, well, I already know who your person The person is. I prefer to vote for is not on the ballot. Who is that? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know if they're not on the ballot. Because they're not. Who is it? Uh, you missed the point. Oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you okay, okay, okay. I got you. You missed though. the point. I did. did totally you know. Okay. So, so, but They're not uh, on the ballot, so you can't vote for them. No, I can't vote for them. I got you. You know, but I am gonna vote for one of the two. I'm just, I'm, you know, I, I'm, is it a coin flip for you? It basically is. Okay. And you know, if I could be clairvoyant and wonder if they could like tie. Yeah, that would be so. so sweet. I have to tell you what my criteria was for choosing who I was going to vote for. My criteria is very simple. I had two. I had two concerns. I wanted someone who I knew would stand their ground. That's all. Just mm-hmm. I wanted somebody who would stand their ground. And two, I wanted somebody who I felt would get in there and learn all they could to be effective. Mm-hmm. Those. That's that's the only thing I could look. That's the only thing I could look for. And so. Mm-hmm. I made my choice, and there it was. 
Mm. Yeah, that's the criteria by which you should vote today. Hmm. Who's gonna stand that ground? So I shouldn't just go in and close my eyes. You should just and, go in and close your eyes and poke one. You shouldn't do that. That's about you what should, I'm. You should make a I mean, story. that's about what I'm doing. Neither one of them have shown any capacity. That's uh, what you just said. Yeah. Knowing you, you drop your standards. <laughs> <laughs> because let's be realistic. Neither one of these guys. No offense, personally. But neither one of these guys, these 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 candidates, have shown any any suggestion that they're going to be that fighter. I'm just maybe it's just me. I'm you know I'm getting old. You know you never know. Um, no, you don't. I would. I'm I'm really surprised. I was. I have been. I've learned. I've learned so much from talking to Senator Elliott and Senator Chesterfield. I've learned so much from talking to them, and. You would be surprised. You would really be surprised by by some of the things they talk about and some of the processes they've learned to halt bills and the, and the clog stuff up in committee. So that's that's my point. Somebody who will get in there and learn learn those processes. That's important. That's important. And mm-hmm. I think I, I think you just gotta you just gotta decide who you think is gonna be the best one, Dave. I mean, that's all that's all we can yeah. do. Yeah, I hold my nose. Yeah. All right, we're going to take the top of the hour break. We'll be back in a moment on the next on the next segment. We're going to talk about the endorsement by uh, Mayor Frank Scott for Michael Bloomberg. What is he thinking? Back in a moment. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hello to quality time at Marcos. Hello to the best part of the day and to making someone else's. Say hello to late nights and to the best night ever. These are the primo moments, and they call for Italian quality pizza. Dough made from scratch every day. Sauce with a history in the making from the original Giamarco recipe. Say hello to an authentic favorite. Every store, every day, the Italian way. Hello, primo. For the first time ever in Duvall's Bluff, ladies and gentlemen, the Racy Brothers. February 22nd for the Home Will Always Be Home concert. Arkansas's own Racy Brothers. I thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Meant by God. The Spiritual Wings of Joy is hosted by that old deacon from the east, Deacon Robert Craig. Doors open at 5. The service begins at 6. Adult admission is $10. Children 12 and under $5. At the Duvall's Bluff High School Auditorium, 710 East Sycamore. Don't miss Bishop Michael Thomas as he brings in also the cheerful rice and the morning starlights. It's the first time ever in Duvall's Bluff because home will always be home. On February 11th, a special runoff election will be held to fill the vacant seat of the late state representative John W. Walker. If you live in District 34, there is only one choice, Joy C. Springer. For more than 30 years, Joy Springer helped fight the good fight for all of Arkansas's underserved, underprivileged, and African-American children throughout the city and state. As an elected member of the Little Rock School Board, she fought for equity for all of Little Rock African-American children and their families. She fought to make sure that the schools in Central Little Rock 
Rock were as good for our children as the schools in West Little Rock. She fought against the state takeover of the Little Rock School District and continues to advocate for those whose voices have not and cannot be heard. For more than 30 years, Joyce C. Springer has fought for you. On February the 11th, let's continue John Walker's good fight and elect Joyce C. Springer as the next state representative for District 34. Early voting February 4th through February 10th. Paid for by the committee to elect Joyce C. Springer. Pastor Dwight Townsend of the Longley Baptist Church of Little Rock. The decisions judges make impact every area of our lives and communities. As a pastor, I see the need every day for judges to be fair and impartial. Latanya Laird Austin is running for Circuit Judge Division 9. Miss Austin not only has the experience, but she has a proven record of serving the people of our community. On March 3rd, join me in supporting Miss Austin and vote for Latanya Laird Austin for Circuit Judge Division 9. Paid for by the committee to elect Latanya Laird Austin. You got it. England and Easter Rock's answer to your aggravation. Joy Network. The views and opinions expressed today on Black Focus Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions, using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. 95% of your murders murderers and murder victims fit one MO. You can just take the description and Xerox it and pass it out to all the time. They are male, minorities, 15 to 25. That's true in New York, it's true in virtually every city in the And that's where the real time is. You've got to get the guns out of the hands of the people that are getting killed. She's going to be one spend the money for a lot of cops in the street, put those cops where the crime is, which means in the minority neighborhoods. So it's one of the unaffected and intended consequences is people say, oh my God, you are arresting kids for marijuana that are all minority. Yes, that's true. Why? Because we put all the cops in the minority neighborhood. Yes, that's true. Why do we do it? Because that's where all the crime is. And the, the way you get the guns out of the kids' hands is uh, to throw them against the wall and frisk them. And then they start, they say, oh, I don't want that. I don't want to get caught. So they don't bring the gun. They still have a gun, but they leave it at home. Welcome back to the second hour of the show. Black Focus Radio, our issues, our solutions, our voices. The voice you heard was Michael Bloomberg. So we're going to spend a lot of this hour talking about Michael Bloomberg, and we did a little bit last week. But I thought it was important now that the mayor, who was a friend of mine, has endorsed He's Michael Bloomberg. Yes, he is. Okay. He's, He's a friend of mine. He's your friend now. Is, uh, is he coming back on the show? Uh, well, I'll have to make the request, but I don't think he'll have a problem. Okay, sounds good. But the endorsement of Michael Bloomberg, now this is my personal opinion, is and was a mistake. And if you simply look at some of the posts on Facebook about Frank, Mayor, Mayor Scott, 
it's pretty clear that a lot of people are upset about this. Now, here's why. Now, this is just my opinion, as most of this stuff is on this show. But I'm going to tell you why Michael Bloomberg is no better than Donald Trump. Because he's Donald Trump light. What you heard in that video, in that audio, was basically him saying is that you can just Xerox the description of male minorities, 16 to 25, and hand it to cops. So in other words, Michael Bloomberg was saying that all black males age 16 to 25 are potential criminals. That's what Mike Bloomberg said. That's not what David is interpreting. You just heard it. So he created stop and frisk because what he said was he wanted stop and frisk because he wanted to save black males. He didn't say, I'm going to create jobs so that I can get some of those black males off the street and give them trades. He said, I want them to be accosted. I want them to be thrown against the wall and I want them to be searched. That's Michael Bloomberg. You all understand this, right? Michael Bloomberg, when he instituted this stop and frisk policy, at the time that you know that they stopped and frisked more black males than actually lived in New York. I talked about that a week ago. So if you were black and visiting, you got frisked. You potentially got frisked. Whether you were between the age of 16 and 24. Or not. Right. So here is Mike Bloomberg who is doing nothing more than buying. Here's the other thing. He's doing nothing more than attempting to buy this election. Did you know that Mike Bloomberg at one point spoke at the Republican National Convention? What was Bloomberg doing speaking at the Republican National Convention, and now he wants to run as a Democrat? Here's what I think is going on. Bloomberg is trying to sabotage the Democrats, and y'all don't see it. He has spent more money on ads than anyone else because he can. You think that's fair? You think if you're running for office and you're out here struggling, having to raise money from regular Joe Blows in order to fund your campaign, but here's this rich guy who has unlimited funds, can spend as much money as he wants. In fact, during the Super Bowl, I think I saw at least two Ads for Bloomberg. What's I saying in the hood? If you got him, smoke him. Exactly. <laughs> if you got him, smoke him, player. So I'm looking. But the point, you're right. But the point I'm making here is Michael Bloomberg is doing nothing but buying the presidency. What's the difference between him and Trump? That's what Trump has done. He has bought the presidency. He has bought the Senate. What y'all don't realize that that Trump was giving money to the re-election campaigns a lot of the Republican senators prior to them voting for impeachment. Did y'all know that? Bloomberg is no different. And what bothers me is that black people, you see the first thing smoking, and you say, let me hit it. And not even look. Look, by the way, he also talked about getting more cops. We here in Little Rock, and including you, 
Mayor Frank Scott Jr., who sat right over there when we asked the question, what's the deal on getting more cops? We know. And I remember asking you this question, Mayor Frank Scott Jr. We know that putting more cops into a community does not stop crime. And I, if you remember, Mayor Scott, because I know you're listening, I asked you that that $12 million boondoggle over there on 12th Street in the middle of all the mayhem has not stopped the mayhem over there on 12, off 12th Street. So we have prima facie evidence that more cops does not stop crime. We've said it over and over again. More cops don't stop crime. Cops respond to crime. Yeah. But Bloomberg seems to believe that more cops and putting them in black neighborhoods will stop crime. Well, what about that crime that was happening in upstate New York, Bloomberg? What about all that drugs and mayhem that was going on in upstate New York, Bloomberg? Now, I know you want the mayor of those counties. But if you would have put cops in white neighborhoods and stopped white kids, would you have found marijuana? No, you would probably not have found marijuana. You would have found PCP. You would have found Molly. You would have found opioids because that was their drug of choice during the time that you were mayor of new york city dave you don't like bloomberg do you not at all this is the problem i have with all elected officials their cure for crime is always more police and bigger jails and we all know we all know police don't prevent crime. Nope. You got to call a police for him to come out. He doesn't prevent crime. Somebody has to notify him that, that a crime has been committed. Jails, jails don't deter people from committing crime. And by the way, they they're don't arrest everybody who commits crimes no, because they didn't arrest those white folks who shot at Ryan Davis and uh, Vivian Flowers. No, they didn't arrest them. But, they, but again, um, Kosky felt it important to apologize to the police. I just want to. I just want to send out. This, I just want to send this out to my, my my friend Frank, Mayor Scott. I just want to send this out to Mayor Scott, and and hopefully he'll share it with his friend Mayor Bloomberg. Police hiring more police is insulting to black folks. It's insulting to me, because I understand very clearly now that hiring more police does not improve a community. It only goes to help to help uh, kill a community faster. If you really want to have an impact on black lives and in black communities, create opportunities. Mm. Work with organizations who are creating opportunities to help black folks. More importantly, fix the education system. Fix education for the black kids who are falling through the cracks. We have to figure out a way to give them opportunities. We have to figure out a way to give them access that other kids have, the things, other things that kids have access to. Because unfortunately, Kids in certain neighborhoods just don't have access to certain things. And if they don't have the access, then it's safe to say that they're not going to be successful or or I shouldn't say successful, but th they're not going to be able to to reach that next plateau. And so if we want to if we want to talk about hiring more police. Yeah, that's the you know, that's the 18th. That's the 18th century uh, solution to crime to hire more police. But if we really want to get serious about crime. Let's talk about creating opportunities. Let's sit down and 
figure out ways we can put people to work in our city. Um, find, find not just resources, but find avenues that we can give people an opportunity where we can give opportunities because at the end of the day, if we're not creating opportunities in our own city, and by that I mean, you know, economic development, helping small, helping small businesses grow and hire more people, those are the things that we have to do if we really want to see crime decrease in our city. Guys aren't selling dope because they want to. Guys are doing that because they feel they don't have any other option. If you are, if you are hopeless and you feel you have nothing to lose, then hey, what do you ha- what do you have to lose if you feel you have nothing to lose? We got to give kids out here a reason to want to be successful, and currently, we haven't done that. We just got to figure out. How, we just got to figure that out. Figure out how to do that. Well, the problem is this: if Bloomberg was sincere, then he would have put policies together. And I've said this over and over again. And let me just say this again for you all who all of a sudden who's jumping on this bandwagon. Rich white men don't give a damn about po folk. Whether you white po, you black po, you Hispanic po, or you Asian po. Rich white men, the only thing that they give a damn about is their money and how much more they can make. So if you, for whatever reasons, believe that Michael Bloomberg, who has already exhibited that he doesn't care about your people, he'd rather abuse them, then you're a fool. Here's what he said when he when he was asked, addressing a black church in Brooklyn, Bloomberg said he was sorry and acknowledged it often to le- often led to detention of blacks and Latinos. That being stop and frisk. He says, I can't change history. However, today, I want you to know I realized back then I was wrong. Now, wait a minute. You just now saying that? Bloomberg fought a ACLU lawsuit that said that this was unconstitutional and refused to rescind this policy until the lawsuit was upheld. The apology, however, was received skeptically by many prominent activists. Here's D. Ray McKesson. And it is convenient that Bloomberg suddenly apologizes but has done nothing to undo the damage he has caused on countless lives. His apology is not accepted. Now, let me give you an analogy of this. Slavery. White people know slavery caused immense damage to our ancestors and our current status in America. They ain't even apologized. Now, if they need something from the black community, the first thing they're going to run and do is, oh, I'm for reparations. I apologize. What they did to y'all is wrong. But up until this point, they haven't said anything. Those of you who don't remember, stop and frisk gave police wide authority to detain people they suspected of committing a crime. And Bloomberg aggressively pursued the tactic when he first took office 
in 2002. Under the program, New York police officers made it a routine practice to stop and search multitudes of mostly black and Hispanic men to see if they were carrying weapons. Hello? Under Bloomberg, NYPD increased stopping frisk from 100,000 stops to nearly 700,000 stops per year. 90% of those impacted were people of color, overwhelmingly black and brown men. Black activists and data scientists uh, tweeted on Sunday, uh, Bloomberg personally has the money to begin paying reparations for this arm. Sorry, isn't enough. I'm just saying. Deval Patrick, former Massachusetts governor who entered the Democratic race, was asked his reaction to Bloomberg's apology. He replied, good. Cory Booker, who was the name the same, who was at the same Nevada rally at the time, had a similar positive but brief reaction to Bloomberg's reversal of stop and frisk, saying, I'm happy he did. Julian Castro. It's interesting timing that the mayor would apologize for that now. That was a wrong policy. I guess it's better late than never. People will judge whether or not they believe his apology. And now the irony behind that little statement I just read is that the two black guys, Cory Booker and Deval Patrick, had very little to say. And the Hispanic guy made the most salient point. Cause you know where you you know where your bread's buttered, man. <sighs> so, brother, only 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 you and I don't have don't don't have nobody buttering our bread. So the question is, Dave, if I bought your groceries, you wouldn't say mean stuff about me like you do on the radio show if I was buying your groceries every day. Well, I I I tweet it. I I make up a dummy account <laughs> and tweet it. You know. Just like we don't say mean stuff about JC, we know who but our brain. Oh, I do. I say mean stuff about JC all the time. Yeah, we do, don't we? We you can't know. say that. But. Yeah, but don't let him know I'm saying it. But I do. No, no. But see, that's the point, Dave. That's the point. They know who butter they bread. They ain't gonna go against them. But I think it's important that people understand who you vote for is important because you will become a political casualty. Because you and those brothers in New York, political casualties. People don't get that. Mm-hmm. We are collateral damage. These folks don't care about. They put stuff in place, and they're not thinking about the impact it's going to have on your daily life. Exactly. They're thinking about re-election. And so, again, I'm saying if you're going to take this position, I think it's important that you sit down with people who can give you you a clear direction on what would be beneficial and what won't. Because, hey, hiring more police, that is not the way. Not right now. Our city's coming back now saying, hey, we're going to have to have a sales tax increase. Really? To do what? To pay their bills, I guess. Because, hey, your 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 city manager said when they won the sales tax in 2011, you know what he said? The city's set for the next 20 years. It ain't even 10 years. And y'all talking about y'all need another one? It ain't even 10 years yet, Dave. You, well. you, we are becoming political. We are political. We are, we, we are, polit- we are political collateral damage. And whose fault is casualties, that? I'm sorry. And whose fault is that? That's our fault. Exactly. Because we're not because we have to be better informed and we have to hold these people accountable. If the city says they want a sales tax increase, ask them, why do you need one? What have you done 
that you need more money? What have you done? What have you done that you need more money already? And you know what, Dave? If I, if you gave me a million dollars, Dave, and I said, hey, Dave, I'm set for 20 years. And Dave, I came back to you in nine years and said, okay, Dave, can you give me another million? What you going to do, Dave? You just going to give it to me? Mm, no. Essentially, the city of the residents of Little Rock gave the city $50 million a year. Mm-hmm. Half a billion dollars. And you telling me that in nine years, because that's where we are now. We're year nine. Well, technically, we're year eight if you count 12. Where we are right now, you're coming back saying, hey, we need more money. We need more. We just need more money. We just need more money. And this is what I don't like. This is what I don't like. You got all this stuff happening right now, right? And we got all this crime in our city. And if they say that they're going to use, because when they get, when we gave them the first one, they said that was for um, safer neighborhoods and more jobs. I'm laughing. I, I go ahead. I'm, no, tell I, me. Trump calls Michael Bloomberg a total racist for past stop and frisk policy. Isn't that called? Isn't that the pot called Nicole Black? Lord have Jesus. mercy. <laughs> but no, if you want to give them more money, y'all feel free to get more money. Unfortunately, Ooh. I can't offer any more to the city. But if y'all feel that y'all need to, y'all do it. Because they said it's going to create more jobs and give you safer neighborhoods. And so, folks, if you feel your neighborhoods are safer, feel free to get more money. Feel free. Do your thing. Well, there's not going to be enough people to go out and vote anyway to make a difference, you know, because they're too busy standing up brooms. Yeah, got to get your broom to stand up. Dave, did your broom stand up? I tried. Mine didn't stand. Maybe I had the wrong kind of broom. I'm sorry, but I didn't give a damn one way or the other. Dave, really? Are you sorry. like that? Man, Dave. You know, I I, I have more I important things to do than I was trying minutia. to get the broom to stand, and it just wouldn't stand for the yeah, life of me. I, I went to like 12 different spots. You know, but if I asked y'all to go and vote, y'all wouldn't show up. Nope, not going to vote, but I will make okay. this broom stand I, up. I'm willing to bet you that there were more people in your city that was trying to stand a damn broom up that will show up at the polls today. I'm uh, willing to bet you. I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm willing to bet you. I'm willing to bet you that there were more people posting stuff about what happened on Empire than will show up at the polls today. I'm willing to bet you. Yeah, I'm throwing shade because the reason we're being ran over as black people is because we refuse to, to participate in a process that could potentially help us. We refuse, and then we get upset when they treat us like crap, when we get a Donald Trump, when we get a Michael Bloomberg, because you won't go and vote. It is not the panacea. It is not the be-all to end-all, but it is a process. It's like this. I got a gun. You're getting ready to attack me. What good is that gun if I don't have a damn bullet? Your vote is the bullet. But you don't even bother to look for it. That's why Michael Bloomberg's can run. They think black people are stupid. Michael Bloomberg's candidacy to me is the epitome of a white male saying, y'all some stupid niggas. Yeah, I said it. 
His candidacy is the epitome of that because he ran a campaign. If you think Donald Trump is racist, and he is, here is a governor of a city who ran a campaign to harass and lock up your black boys. And now you're going to go and jump on his bandwagon and say, "Woo, he for black folks? Man, y'all stupid. I don't care if you're getting mad at me. I know what you're saying. Oh, Dave, you should be calling us names. Well, does it fit? There's an old saying, if the shoe fits, you can tap dance in it. And I'm tired of black folks tap dancing about these so-called white saviors coming into our communities trying to save us when ultimately they don't give a damn about you. Just as you all who are supporting, you black men who are supporting Donald Trump. You got a mom on Medicare? You got a dad on Medicare? You got a, you got a cousin, an aunt, or a niece who is unsnap? Maybe you got one that's going to college who is needing a revision of her loan. Did you see Donald Trump's budget the other day? $8 trillion in cuts for the safety net. And Paul Mnuchin, his Treasury Secretary, just borrowed another $1 trillion to pay for the tax cuts for the wealthy. Those same tax cuts that Michael Bloomberg is getting. Michael Bloomberg, if you want to be a badass, why don't you say, I'm going to take those tax cuts that Donald Trump just offered me, and I'm going to turn it all over to the black community. I'm going to say all of those black people that were, that were affected by stop and frisk, I'm going to pay them some money because I'm sorry. It was wrong. That's what you said. It was wrong. So that tax cut that you got, you got plenty of money. Why don't you take that tax cut and turn it over to black people, black kids? All those kids that you stopped and frisked, all those kids that were harassed by police, all those kids that was beaten up by police, but for simply walking down the street or simply going to school, or simply going to the corner market for their mama who had diabetes. All of those black kids that you caused to be harassed by racist white cops, take that tax cut that Donald Trump is about to kick out to you and give it to them. Then maybe I'll think about voting for you. Y'all are crazy, man. Are y'all so confused? Y'all want a savior so bad that y'all are y'all are get on the next thing smoking. You don't matter where it, where it's on, even if it's on the way to hell. I'm going. It's new. It's new. Don't ask questions. I don't care where the money came from. It's just money. It's manna from the sky. And I'm sorry, Mr. Mayor Frank Scott. This endorsement might come back to haunt you. It just might. Because at the end of the day, you cannot be satisfied. None of us can be satisfied with a millionaire. Look, he's not even going through the same process. And here's what annoys me about the Democratic Party. And here's, here's, where, here's where the Democratic Party is going to end up losing all of us. 
You've already lost me. This is why I'm an independent. This is why I say black people should be independents. You should not be kowtowing to one party or the other. But we know that the Democratic Party tried to undermine Bear, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders last year. We know that. Even now, Hillary Clinton, who is not even in the race, is still out here spouting off, thinking that she was supposed to be the president and Bernie was the reason. So she's spouting off, trying to do anything and everything he can, they can to keep Bernie Sanders from winning this Democratic nomination. I think Mike Bloomberg is helping them out. Exactly. Now, that's where we're going here. Now, you're a conspiracy theorist. I never thought you were really a conspiracy Man, theorist. Man, this is real. Until well, you start talking about stuff from outer space and getting signs from outer space, now I know you are truly a conspiracy theorist. Man, so this is. So you think they put Mike Bloomberg in a race to foil Bernie Sanders' hopes? Look, they are already talking about, in fact, there's an article that I posted this morning. Let me see if I can find it real fast. Where, that is suggesting that the Democratic Party is somehow or another going to undermine Bernie Sanders and not, and not support him. So let me ask you a question. Okay. All of the other candidates, okay. all of the other candidates have spent the last year going through a process of meeting the voters being vetted yeah. uh being vetted by the voters going going to uh going to different states to campaign but guess what this yahoo from new york ain't had to do that as a matter of fact those guys like Kamala Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, uh Joaquin Castro, Julian Castro all of them were deleted from the race because they didn't meet a, a certain threshold from Democratic voters who made donations to them. Right. You understand that, right? Mm -hmm, I do. So in other words, and those of you who don't understand what I'm saying, you had to get a certain amount of regular voters to make campaign donations to your campaign in order to continue on as a candidate. Right. Michael Bloomberg hasn't gotten that. But you know what the Democratic Party has done? You know what they've done? They've made it available for Michael Bloomberg to participate in the next debate. How so? Because he donated something like $300,000 to the Democratic National Committee. Don't play with me. Hey, if I could buy my way, so be it. What's Don't wrong play with, with that? me. He buying his way. So this is why I'm saying, here's USA Today says, moderate Democrats have a duty to consider Sanders. He has a clear path to beating Trump. Now, this argument that no one can beat Trump but Bloomberg is a lie. Poll after poll after poll is showing that every one of these candidates, everyone, every one of them that's currently left in the race, can beat Trump. Every poll had Hillary by five. Okay. With a margin of error of three. But you know what? And of two, I'm sorry. He, here, two. here is why I would question that. Okay. Because, and, and MSNBC, um, Chris Hayes, 
made an excellent point of why that doesn't make a difference. Okay. And I and he could do a better job. And by the way, I posted that on my wall. Okay. Let me because hear. Let me what hear. what they are saying is that what Trump, as a matter of fact, it's about seven minutes. Y'all want to hear it? I can play it. This this argument that Trump is invincible is not true. Okay, let's hear what, it. Let's what, hear it. what you're hearing here is big media. Because see, here's the thing. I don't know if it's big media. But but we had it we is. This is 16 days. But you, but it in is. 16, everybody said it was Hillary's to lose. Hillary had not this everybody. Thing. Everybody. I didn't hear not one pundit. Even Fox was saying it was Hillary's. Even Fox. But but here's the thing. And everybody, Hillary, every poll they did. Hillary didn't run a campaign. But they did the same polling, Dave. So Hil- you're, you're telling me now that something's going to be totally different. Hillary, where here we are. We're gonna we're gonna have all these candidates. And if you look at their numbers, if you look at the numbers that with that mm-hmm. polling against Trump, nobody's polling more than six percent. That is a, that is problematic, Dave. No, that's not true. According who's, poll- to, who's polling according, above six percent? Uh, let's see. Klobuchar could beat him by four percent. That's not a win. Listen, that's a loss. Just listen. As they went up the ladder. Bernie Sanders is showing that they can he can beat him by nine to ten percent. Okay. And okay. every one of those people that are in that was in this recent poll in, shows that below very six, thing. Anybody below six is not even relevant I, in the conversation. I, 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 based, I, I, I can understand I'm that, that only on past history. I, only on past history. I, I understand that. But here's the other thing that we forget. Okay. Trump basically won by seventy seven thousand votes. Okay. You get that, right? Yeah, I get that. So his majority is teetering in the first place. And he won those 77,000 votes in those particular states like Michigan, like Pennsylvania, like Ohio, where he has lied and said that this is going to happen once I'm elected. Hasn't happened. What is going on is the national media is painting this picture of him being invincible. He has this firewall. No, he doesn't. When you look at the numbers and when you look at the facts, that is not true. All people have got to do is go to the polls and vote against him. Okay. The popular vote. The popular vote was 65, 65 million to 62 million Hillary. Right. Okay. All right. We go down and we looked at look at the Electoral College. It's about 77,000 difference in those states. Everything is red. Everything is red. The only thing that's blue is California. But you're missing Nevada, the point. By Seattle, what number did he win those states? Oregon. Just like New Hampshire today. Mm-hmm. He won New Hampshire by, if I remember what they said last night, he won New Hampshire by just, no, no, he lost New Hampshire. He lost Hillary, New Hampshire. Hillary won it by 2,600 votes. He lost New Hampshire. He lost, okay. He lost Maine, Rhode Island, but New Jersey, Delaware, he won, Maryland. He won Michigan, D.C., Ohio. And Pennsylvania, he won the ones he needed to win for a combination of seventy-seven thousand votes. You get that right. Yeah. So even though that map shows all red, when you really look into the numbers, yeah, he won by the skin of his teeth. Right, but what counts is W or L. 
And so now we're having the same conversation again. So you got you to tell me which candidate, which candidate we're talking about here is going to win, which candidate here we're talking about is going to flip one of these red states. Because if you ain't flipping a red state, it's pointless. If you don't take Stacey Abram, you ain't flipping Georgia. If you don't take uh, – if you don't figure out how to win one of these red states and either Texas the only state Georgia – he needs to win is Ohio. Now, I'm talking about Democrats now. I'm not talking about Republicans. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Those states that I just named, that 77,000 votes voted for Obama in 08 and 012 and 12. Yeah, but what's the difference? Those are, those are white women who thought that Obama looked like the baby they would have had if they were with their college boyfriend. <laughs> those women bailed <laughs> on Democrats. They bailed on them. Uh, I agree. If me and Jake had had a baby, he'd be Obama. And little black babies are so pretty. He'd be Obama. They're so pretty. They got nice hair. Obama, that would be my, that would be got, my son. And they got nice skin complexion. Yeah, I, can see, I, I can see women sitting around the tea going, that Obama's something else. You know what, girl? Do y'all remember when we was in college and I dated Steve-O, the DJ? If I had had a baby by him, you know who he would have been? Uh-uh, who he would have been, girl? Obama. So you I'm going to vote for Obama because that would have been the baby I would have. <laughs> it's so bad. That's what white women were saying when they voted for him, man. Because how do you how do you have those 53% of white women who voted for Trump vote for Obama the second, vote for Obama the first time and Trump the second time? I mean, come on, man. That is a that that is amazing. That the contradiction. That I, is a huge I will admit that 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 demographic, based on what we know was a little surprising. But again, even with that number, if 77,000 more people vote, it's a difference. See, here's what Republicans depend on. Okay. You're not going to the polls. But for me- That's what they depend on. It's gotta be more than that, David Coleman. It it may be, that's for you, Robert. And the reason I say that, David Coleman, is that man, here we are. Here we are, right here, Dave. Here we are, right here, in this moment. We're having this conversation, mm-hmm. and we're talking about who can flip states because elections are all about flipping states, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to be able to flip a state. What you gonna do to flip a state? What are you gonna do to flip a state? One thing you got to do is you got to pick the right running mate. I think somebody who's transformative like uh, Stacey Abrams, who we've had on the show, I think she'd be great to flip a state. Or flip some states. Well, I think she'd be great. He, here, here's the point I think you're trying to make, and I don't know if it's Stacey Abrams of who, but if the Democratic Party mess around and don't put a black person on this ticket, they can kiss that presidency goodbye. I think they can kiss it goodbye anyway. I don't think so. I think they're going to win if they put the right person on the ticket. I found that yes, Elizabeth Warren was at an event yesterday, and they asked who, uh, would, who would be her Mike Pence if she got the uh, got the nomination, she said she didn't know she already had a dog. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> <She's>, she, <laughs> but here, here's I think what people want, and here's what I think Democrats are oh missing. Oh my God, I am so right. I'm right about what? I just what? had somebody text and say, you know, I actually thought that when I voted for him. Wow. I'm the <laughs> oh, I am the God. man. I am the man. But 
here's what here's what Democrats have got to understand. All right. And again, and it kind of brings us full circle back to Ryan Davis and the conversation I had yesterday about should we be voting for preachers in office in this time? Okay. Part of the reason people are having a problem following Ryan Davis, and this is just from what I have heard, what people have told me, is that they don't think. So if you're saying you're having a problem following him, you're trying to say you're not going to vote for him today. I don't know one one way or the other. I'm okay. just I'm just okay. echoing what people are saying. Okay, go ahead. And that is that they're not sure that a black that a black preacher will fight hard enough, will get down I, in I, the dirt. I think you have an example of who we have in office right now. Mayor Scott is a black preacher, so you know, Mayor Scott's a black preacher. I know, and that's that's what I'm hearing. And That's I think, he, and I think he's, I, I think he's fought some good fights. I think he has too, but I think it's also a legitimate conversation to have. Are we going to, are we going to elect a black preacher who is more concerned about turning the other cheek and negotiating as opposed to standing up and fighting for his, for his constituents? That's the question that we all, as black people, have got to start having with all of our black candidates. We want, and and if you listen to some of the millennials who are voter eligible, they're telling you, we want somebody who's going to fight. Yeah. We don't want somebody who's going to be willing to knuckle under every time stuff gets tough. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is what, and this is why Bernie Sanders is drawing so many of them. Well, Bernie is a Bernie is a heartbeat away from death. I mean, Jesus Christ. And Donald Trump isn't. No, they both are. I mean, I don't understand why we keep electing presidents who are in their nineties. I, I agree. I, I not would, saying this, not saying anything against people who are older than sixty-five or older than I am. Not saying anything negative. But well, you eighty-five yourself. Mean, <laughs> if we if we want to have some progressive thought, we got to start electing progressive. people. Well, it's pretty clear. And like, you don't have to. And your age does not dictate right, whether you're progressive. Because Bernie is progressive. He's very progressive. Okay. He's somewhat progressive. Okay. He talks progressive. I don't agree with everything he says. But Bernie is – look, if I had my druthers, it would be Elizabeth Warren. I'm going to be honest with you. If I had the, – the one person that I trust on the Democratic side that's running right now is Elizabeth Warren. She's been echoing these things since she started. She didn't, she didn't have a come-to-Jesus moment and say, oh, yeah. Yeah, y'all, somebody did text me and say that. She told me not to say nothing, though. What's her name? She told me not to say. You can just whisper it to me. Go ahead. Nobody's listening. Okay, her name is Clarice. Clarice. Yeah. Hi, Clarice. Hi, Clarice. You got it, huh? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just saying, it's just, I I think black people ought to be independents, and they ought to demand that, I mean, think about it from this perspective. Michael Bloomberg comes to Little Rock. He goes to, I think he went to one black church, Mm -hmm. and then he goes to visit the mayor. Then he goes to have lunch at Sims. Then he goes to Sims to eat lunch. The mayor took him to Sims. Mm-hmm. How does how did Michael Bloomberg address all of the other black folks in this city? Well, that's the way it works, right? He didn't. You only go to the you go to the power broker. He didn't. The mayor's the power broker. The church he, is the power he broker. He didn't. Those are the power brokers, Dave. No, so they're not. They they are they are considered to be the power. No, brokers. they're not. They are considered to be the power brokers. They may have been twenty five years ago. They're not today. Your mayor's the power. Your mayor's the power broker. No, he isn't. How is he not? 
He isn't. How is he? He not? does not speak for every black person in this city. Nobody in this city speaks for every black. That's person. That's my point. Nobody in this city speaks so, for every white so, person. So when you when when you are Mayor Bloomberg who is running for president, don't you? How about going somewhere where black people are? Black folks are my, they they say black folks are monolithic, so they only got to go one place. That's the point. Someone got to go one place, and, and that should be folks. offensive to every black person out there. You like you like your girl. I am. I am really, really torn. I really am. Do you think a black person should be on this ballot? Hell, without a doubt. So if a black person is not on the ballot. I don't think just a black person. I think Stacey Abrams needs to be on well, the ballot. Well, there are other black people that can run that I think. Only when, Stacey Abrams. You, you got this thing for Stacey Abrams. Only she's, Stacey. She's not the only one that could be only on Stacey. there. Only Stacey. I think Andrew Gillum. The, the guy who ran of in Florida. Of course you won't, Andrew. He was on our show too, wasn't he? he yeah. Andrew on too. But I'm just saying, I think he would be a great candidate. <sighs> there, there, It just doesn't have to be Stacey Abrams. I'm just saying. I want Stacey. I, I don't want Andrew. I love see. Andrew. I love the brother. Mm-hmm. I love the brother, but I think we need I think we need Stacey. This is the time. We've had a man. We've had a man already. Look, we we're, we're, look, we we're not. We're, we're not. Who cares? Well, because we are on, not. On, we are on. not gonna have because we have to figure out a way to get that fifty-three percent of black, that fifty-three percent of women who voted for Obama because he could have been their baby. White women are not gonna vote for a black woman. He could have been a love child. White women are not gonna vote for a black woman. They will vote for Stacey. No, they, they would. They did it. They did it in Georgia. Mm, they did it. In they Georgia. didn't do it in enough room. You know why they not gonna vote for white black women? Why not? Because white women subconsciously hate black women oh, because Jesus, Dave, because they're because their men want them <laughs> I got a text somebody said what about the gay one that's running <laughs> let me address Pete Buddha Buddha nothing to say about Pete there is nothing to say about him that he is an opportunist and he is typical of the gay establishment who has used the black agenda to push their agenda but doesn't give a damn about black people. Now, if you think I'm wrong, go look at his history in South Bend as a mayor, as a mayor in South Bend. I rest my case. That's all that needs to be said about him. And let me just say this. If he's the nominee or the vice president, then you go, Trump. Because I'm not voting for him. Period. End of story. And you can say, oh, well, Dave, that's just wrong. No, it ain't wrong. He's no better than a Bloomberg. Here's a guy. Look, I read a piece on him this morning. He's no better than Bloomberg. Go see what he did in Indianapolis. In, uh, I mean, in South Bend. Go, and by the way, wasn't Indiana the same city that Mike Pence was the governor? Now dig this now. Let's dig this. I need you to dig this real quick. Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp. 2018 gubernatorial election, state of Georgia. You ready? Mm-hmm. You sitting down? Gonna blow your mind. Didn't I blow, blow your, your mind, mind this time? time? Didn't, Didn't I? 1,978,408 votes for the Republican, mm-hmm. Brian Kemp. Mm-hmm. For Stacey Abrams, Democrat, Georgia, House Whip, no, House Minority Whip, 1,923,685. Dave, that is unprecedented. You get that, right? Pull up the Florida election, the governor's election. 
the lieutenant governor's election. He ran for lieutenant governor. No, he ran for governor. He ran for governor. I thought he ran for against Ron governor. DeSantis. So what you trying to say? What, what, what did you did you not like those numbers? Were they not good enough for you? That's Georgia. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, look, I think Stacey Abrams is a good candidate, but I don't necessarily mean. Here's the bottom line: you better put somebody black on this ticket, regardless of who they are. I needed to be. I can no longer vote for vote for an all white ticket no more. No, neither can I. And can't do that no and considering the fact that we're going, it's it's not, and he can't be Hispanic either. He got to be and, black. And 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 part of the reason I didn't watch the New Hampshire debate on Friday is because it, there was no black issues. Now there was a couple of black questions asked by the black ABC uh, uh, moderator, but you've got candidates Jeez. on that stage. Okay, okay. Thank okay. you, sir. Okay, uh, Ron DeSantos, Republican, four million. 76,186. Uh, Andrew Gillum, Democrat, 4,043,723. I rest my case. But I mean, those still, those still, I mean, they won by, the, they lost by the same percentage almost. That so, day. and here's the other thing just your little argument about why white women voted for Obama. There you have Gillum, Andrew Gillum. Who's a black man? Who that they could still have that fantasy about? Now nah, his mom ain't white. <laughs> but they can look. His mom ain't look, white. No, it don't matter. No. It don't matter. No, 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 Plenty no, 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 of no. them have fantasies about their black boyfriends. Those older white and, women. Those older white women were saying. See, I know that if my girl went off and got pregnant by one of them colors, mm. he'd turn out to be Obama. I'd have a little black ass Obama running around here. He'd be president. He'd be president. Boy, that boy be president. Or he'd be vice president like Andrew Gillum. No, he'd be president. He'd be president. I'm telling you. He'd be president. Andrew Gillum. And then now white men will vote. Well, if, if Stacey's dad was white, white men would be voting for it because they'd be like, you know what? If uh, Shanae, when I was in college, yeah, if I had a baby, that's what she would have been. That's would have been her. That would have been her. That would have been hard. You would have been Stacey Abrams. You are just so sick. I'm being serious, man. I'm telling you. I, I you, you The same me. principle I applies. I have I have confirmation here that I am correct. So White ask, women voted for ask, Obama. Ask your friend, would she have the same attitude with Andrew Gillum? No. She would. No, she no, he no, she wouldn't. His mama ain't white. He black. Yeah. It don't black. matter. No, uh-uh. It's a difference. Obama's mama was white. <laughs> That's the thing. The white woman saying, I could be that boy's mama. You know what? Just imagine if me and, oh. me and Michael, me and Mikhail, me and Mikhail, if we oh. had a baby, this is how he'd look. He'd be Obama. No. He'd be president of the United States. He sure would because that's the only thing I'd bring out in this world is a black Obama. I would bring out a black Obama. They could still say that I could have a baby. Wow. Ain't no way he could look like Michael Gillum. You know, Michael Gillum, black. Andrew Gillum. Andrew Gillum. He black. He blacker the black to black to black black. Why you hating on him? Man? I'm not hating him. Just being truthful. He's not Obama. People was looking at Obama going, you know his grandmama white too. Obama, grandmama white, his granddaddy white. That's why his granddad probably was saying, look there, boy. See what I'm talking about? If you have a baby with a white woman, turn into president, boy. He be president. He be president around here. That's why we got to keep him apart. I'm sorry. That's it, man. I'm uh, telling you. I'm sorry. White folks know what they do, and they like, yeah, we got I'm this just on saying. lock. We got this on lock. 
their white women will be more apt, and he looks like an athlete too. Who? You, you know, you know, white women, white women love black athletes in college. They just don't want to love yeah, you after but college. But again, <laughs> <laughs> see, that's, again, I Dude, think college is real life. I could tell you a story. At school, you can experiment. <laughs> Uh, I could tell you a story. Exclude, you can experience. Right, because mama and them ain't there. Mama don't know when you skating across the yard with that little they, black boy. They do not. You know, they don't know. They don't know. But when then when you get out of college and you're getting ready to get married, you're looking at the back door hoping that that little black boy don't come in and say, Hey, Becky, I love you, girl. I love you. See? What about all the time that we had together? See, they don't know. See, when the white girl, when you when the, when you're in college and the white girl and your white girl's knocking on the door, going, "It's Harriet. I was about to give you some freedom." Oh gosh, totally different ball game, man. Totally oh, that that game. just brings me brings up a story of my college days that I won't say on there. That Facebook exposed that very. Mom, my story. bad, mom. Don't go nowhere. My bad, mom. <laughs> I take that back, Mom. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Mom. Sorry. Don't sign off, Mom. My bad. I'm just Jesus, saying. I'm signing off. I can't take this no more. I'm just I apologize, Mom. I'm just saying, though. I, I think Andrew Gillum would be the best person. Now, at the no, end of the day. No. Just because no. you like Stacey Abrams. I think I think either one would be good, but I think we'd have a better chance with Stacey. I think you're going to have an equal chance. The bottom line is this. Black people want to see. How many electoral votes you got in Florida? What's the what's the Well, number? Florida. Florida I has more than Georgia, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. But black, so I guess Gillum would be the best choice. Exactly. Just, just based on and considering votes. Florida's history of elections. And Florida is red as hell, too. So. Exactly. And yeah. considering. And he, and he barely lost that race. So if if I'm smart. But you only had, they only had 8 million people voting in that election. I know. Now, here's the other thing. You see how, see, this, see, what we're discounting now is Puerto Rico. Okay? And a whole lot of them have moved to Florida. Florida's yeah. about to be flipped, bro. Yeah, I don't think so. If you look at these counties in Florida, it's too red. It's but again, you're, you're seeing red, but you're not seeing actual numbers. You got to delve into the numbers. Yeah. And for for Gillum to get those oh, no. types of numbers, those 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 counties were pretty close to being flipped. And you've got to get someone in there who can flip those counties. And you got to also get someone who can motivate motivate black people to go to the polls. Now, Stacey Abrams or Gillum, one of the two, they're fine. But I tend to believe that Gillum would be the better one because of the state that he's from, and that's Florida. Okay, so if you look that's at what I'm saying. So, okay, if you look at Florida, you got 67 counties. And looking at this map, you, you only have seven counties that are blue. Mm -hmm. That's it. The mm -hmm. rest of them are red. Mm -hmm. Right? So – I mean, why he'd be good, I don't know. But I mean, when you look at the breakdown of those numbers. You mean breaking them down by county? By county. And even the county, the count that both Gillum and DeSantis got, both of them got 4, 4.1 million voters. He didn't lose by that much. So that says that although the, the, he could have lost the county by 20 votes. Or ten votes for that matter. So although the 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 graphical interpretation says this county voted red, when you look into the numbers, which a lot of us don't do, that's where the rubber meets the road. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? I'm with you. I'm with that's you. where the rubber meets the road. And I tend to believe that when it's that close, a vote here or a vote there, that makes a huge difference, in my opinion. So I think Gillum Based on 
the history of Florida, the importance of Florida in the election, because we've known that if you win Florida, if I remember correctly, the, the candidates who have won Florida typically win the election. Yeah, that's the turning point. That's the turning point. So you've got to get someone in there that can flip that state. And right now, Gillum is the only one. Look, I love Stacey Abrams. I love what she's doing with the, the, the voter um, um, uh, disenfranchisement, disenfranchisement stuff. But at the end of the day, you got to earn learn how to play politics. All right? And Florida is a bellwether state. You got to win Florida. And with the numbers that Andrew Gillum put out, the, candid- the, the candidacy that he ran, Andrew Gillum, in my opinion, has got to be on this ticket. Now, these white people in the Democratic Party, they can go and put two white folks on that ticket all you want. Okay, you do that on, and you're going to lose. let's be realistic. Let's be realistic, right? So you got to have you got to have somebody who can turn some counties. Exactly. Or who can turn some states rather. So if you had to pick, I mean, who would you pick? I mean, you got to have somebody who can turn those states, turn those counties. I think Gillum can do it. He's from the south. Well, I think you need somebody who's more transformative than 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 um than Gillum. And I I love well, I would love for it to be one of those two. I think you need someone who has a higher profile. And who would that be? I don't know. That's the tough part. I don't they're, know. But those, those, and here's the other thing. Those are the fresh faces. Okay? Yeah. What you're hearing, especially from a lot of young people, is that we're tired of the same old, same old. Right. Okay? So if you're Bernie Sanders, let's say Bernie Sanders wins the election. Well, would you not be supportive of your boy um, um, Booker? Hell no. No? Under no he's, he's running that love campaign. Okay. He's, no. He's out already, though, right? He's, yeah. He's out already. Uh, you wouldn't be supportive of Camilla? No. No? But would, wouldn't, wouldn't she be somebody who could cross over by her having a white husband? Wouldn't she um, be able to get some votes? No, that's a legitimate question. That's a legitimate question. No, seriously, that's legitimate. By her having a white husband, wouldn't she be able to cross over to the, to the white mainstream? No. Okay, so let's move on to somebody else. White people are going to vote. The problem that the Democratic Party well, has the, the thing is, is black people voting. Well, no, not really, though. If you look at it this way, right? So let's go get what's there. Let's find somebody who appeals to what's there already, right? Maybe we can find somebody who's a nice moderate, someone who's in the middle. Andrew Gillum. Andrew Gillum's not a moderate, though. Look, if you don't put a black person on that ticket, I'm, I'm saying, and you yes, better put somebody person. on there from the South, if you go up and put somebody from the North, Midwest or the North, you can forget about it. You need someone in the South. I don't and disagree. Andrew, and whether so, it's Stacey Abrams I don't disagree. or whether it's Andrew Gillum. But that's the only two options you're giving well, me. Well, you, can you name another but that has giving, a profile? But you're giving me two people who've lost. Give me somebody. But, what about your girl? What about your girl? Cortez. Who? Cortez. What's her name? Uh, from New York? Alexandria Cortez. What no. about her? No. Mm-mm. No. What about your girl from Chicago? No. Why? They need Andrew Gillum. Why are you on Andrew Gillum? If you got, if you pick an Andrew Gillum like that, I'm taking Stacey Abrams. Because so I tell you what we do. Because no, 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 no. Of I tell Florida. you what we do. I tell you what we do. Tomorrow, you give, you come in here with reasons for yours. I'll come in with reasons for mine. Okay. Because, because I believe, of she, no, 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 no. I believe she's the better candidate. I believe she's the better uh, candidate. Cliff says, "What about Kwasi and Fume?" He uh, took, he, did he die? No, he 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 just took John. Um, what's his name? See, he won the election for that. John Conyers. Uh, not not John Conyers. Conyers um, 
Yeah, the guy that just died. Yeah. I can't think uh, of that. Marilyn Mosby out of Baltimore. That would be interesting. Marilyn Mosby? The prosecuting attorney no. out of Baltimore. No. no. Or is she the attorney general? No, she wouldn't know. No, I, I don't think that would be a good one either. And she's not high profile know. enough. Uh, I don't think that would be a good one either. I'm and you just need saying, somebody people to rally around. I don't all right, think she's I'm gonna do my little research on. I, I don't right. think anybody's gonna rally around Stacey Abrams. I'm taking Stacey Abrams. That's yeah. I'm I know why you taking Stacey. Why? I just know. Oh man, that's terrible. I love Stacey. I think Stacey's great. She did our show. She came in. She did our show. She did our show twice, though, didn't she? Mm-hmm. She did our show twice. Yeah. Good person. No love if Stacey ands or buts about Stacey it. Love My girl, Stacey. If you're listening, shout out. Good person, no doubt about it. Yeah, love what she's love, doing. Stacey, no much love, Stacey. Much love. A Jamu Baraka. <laughs> well, that does sound like Barack. No. Jamu Baraka? Yeah. You need to find another candidate with a white mother, and then we can get that crossover vote. Just saying. Dude, why do you laugh? I'm being serious. Read your quote. We already got we already got confirmation. <laughs> well, you just read your quote. Golly. Dude, why are you hating? No, read yours first. I gotta find one. Oh gosh. Did you do this show how often? Once a week. Yeah, it's beginning <laughs> to sound like it. Gosh. All right. Here's my quote of the day. This is an African proverb. When there is no enemy within, the enemy outside cannot hurt you. There you go. Really? That's all you got? Oh, I got I got plenty of them, but that was just right, go one. Ahead, one more. Gosh, Robert, how many did you I mean Okay. To me, this is bigger than football, and it would be selfish on my part to look at other at the other way. There are bodies in the street and people are getting paid leave and getting away with murder. That was Colin Kaepernick. Here we go, right here. You ready? Mm-hmm. If the Negro in the ghetto must eternally be fed by the hand that pushes him into the ghetto, mm-hmm. he will never become strong enough to get out of the ghetto. That's my man, Carter G. Woodson. Carter G. Woodson. I knew that. All right, folks, we got to get out of here. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you're spreading the word. And also catch the podcast. I'll be uploading it here in just a moment. And hopefully we'll hear from you tomorrow as well. Robert? Hey, Mom, by the way, I apologize for Dave and all that little silliness he did. Will you please forgive him and don't sign out? We won't do it again. Maybe not. Uh, Hey, invest in your own community. If you don't, nobody else will. Peace. Did you just lie to your mama on the air? About something that I did that I didn't do. Dave. Lord, how much. Dave. I'm just, I just hope you don't have a hot wheel track hanging around the house. When I just hope home. she doesn't get you that. <laughs> Pray for him, please. Pray for him. Pray for him. All right, we're out of here. Y'all right, have a peace. good day. You've been listening to Black Focus, where we discuss our issues with our solutions and our voices. Join us every weekday afternoon at 1 p.m. on joinetradio.com.